Luke chapter 6, verses 1 through 19. On a Sabbath, while he was going through the grain fields, his disciples plucked and ate some heads of grain, rubbing them in their hands. But some of the Pharisees said, Why are you doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath? And Jesus answered them, Have you not read what David did when he was hungry, he and those who were with him, how he entered the house of God and took and ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for any but the priest to eat, and also gave it to those with him? And he said to them, The Son of Man is the Lord of the Sabbath. On another Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and was teaching, and a man was there whose right hand was withered. And the scribes and the Pharisees watched him to see whether he would heal on the Sabbath so that they might find a reason to accuse him. But he knew their thoughts, and he said to the man with the withered hand, Come and stand here. And he rose and stood there, and Jesus said to them, I ask you, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do harm, or to save life or to destroy it? And after looking around at them, at them all, he said to, the, to him, Stretch out your hand. And he did so, and his hand was restored. But they were filled with fury and discussed with one another what they might do to Jesus. In these days, he went out to the mountain to pray. And all night he continued in prayer to God. And when day came, he called his disciples and chose from them twelve, whom he named apostles. Simon, whom he named Peter, and Andrew his brother, and James and John, and Philip and Bartholomew, and Matthew and Thomas, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon, who is called the Zealot, and Judas the son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who became a traitor. And he came down with them and stood on a level place with a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon, who came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured. And all the crowd sought to touch him, for power came out from him and healed them all. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right, so we're continuing on in Luke. And, you know, this is like a pretty... Um, like this is where the gospels get kind of fun to read because it's these short sections and there's like a lot of action. There's a lot of things going on. We're starting to meet some of the bad guys, starting to meet some of the good guys. Um, and so we have the Pharisees who basically are getting increasingly frustrated and um, resentful and hateful, violent towards Jesus. We have the 12 apostles and, um, you know, we have everyone, like we talked about a couple of days ago, we have everyone from tax collectors to zealots. So we got the Antifa crowd and the MAGA crowd. We got <laughs> the whole spectrum covered um, in, in this group of men that Jesus chose to be his, his closest mm -hmm. circle. And then, you know, we have him uh, ministering to the great multitudes. So Brad... Mm. What are your thoughts on, there's a lot here, which we sadly will, you know, probably have to cut ourselves short, but what are your yeah. thoughts on all this? Well, I think, you know, we, we've just, we got through before this passage from the end of Luke five and that somewhat confusing passage to many about, you know, putting on a new garment 
you know, on old clothes and, mm -hmm. new, you know, new wine and, and old wineskins and what, what that means. And I think what you see here with this, the Pharisees in, in the first part of the, in, in uh, chapter six, you know, one through um, five is like, you see an example of the Pharisees holding on like to the old wineskins mm -hmm. in their view of, of how they look at the Sabbath, right? It's like there's this cold, um, literal like legalism that is superseding um, meeting human needs, like in, in, in mercy, right? And so mm -hmm. that, that seems to be their primary focus. Whereas Jesus says, no, I bring, I've, I'm coming to bring mercy in life. <laughs> yeah. So that's the first thing that strikes yeah. me is like, this is an example of holding on to the old ways. And Jesus mm -hmm. has, has come to change that. And um, you know, he says here at the end of that passage, the, the, and he said to them, the son of man is Lord of the Sabbath. Mm. And so the Sabbath I've, I've always you know, understood. And I think he's usually saying that it's really, he, he, he's giving it to us as a gift, right? Yeah. Not as some stringent thing to like be a lack of joy, but to, to, to be a life giving time or yeah. rest and t time with God. And, and, and not def and definitely that would not be consistent with if we see a need <laughs> Yeah. To, to ignore that, like just because of a cold ritualistic uh, observance. So, yeah. so it seems to me Jesus is saying the true Sabbath is um, giving what he's meaning it to give, which is like peace, rest, restoration, healthy communion and those things. That was my initial take on that passage. Yeah, gosh, I, I feel bad because I can't remember who this was with. But when we were doing Isaiah a few weeks ago um, on ODR, you know, Sabbath is talked about a lot in Isaiah, and that's kind of one of the big things is like, y'all don't give a rip about the Sabbath, you know, talking to the Israelites. And whoever I was doing these episodes with, we were talking about how ultimately the Sabbath is this act of, you know, it's a, it's a reorienting yourself to the things of God. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, we, it, it basically like, breaks our anxiety over the knee like it's like we we want to till the land we want to water the crops we want to do this and that and the other um and yet it's a day to say no and you know like you're not sabbathing right if you only sabbath when like you don't have anything going on but like the most meaningful sabbath is like when there is noise and you like shut it out which is like really hard really right. really hard to do and we as people are so good at missing the point. And, um, you know, you could really say like the Old Testament, the basic plot of the Old Testament is people missing the point. <laughs> you know, Jesus sets up all these, or sorry, the Lord sets up all these uh, like structures for people to have fellowship with him. And, you know, one by one, they just miss the point. And so like offerings become not this act of gratitude and surrender to the Lord, but it becomes this act of in people's mind, they're like providing for Yahweh to eat and drink and sleep. And then they go and take care of their other gods too. And God's like, I, I own the cattle on a thousand mm, hills. Right. Like, I don't need you. Like I, I want your heart. And so Sabbath is another one of those things. And, and you know, Jesus here, you love the boldness you know, he, he's addressing a crowd that does not like him. Mm -hmm. And yeah. to say the son of man is Lord of the mm -hmm. Sabbath is, is very bold. And then we have this man with a withered hand. Um, do you have any sort mm. of thoughts on this episode? Yeah. And it's an, it's another thing that happens. Jesus, 
you know, basically the, the central controversy here is Jesus heals on the Sabbath in a synagogue, no less. So, yeah. What, yeah. I think it's just, it's, it's a kind of an extension of what I, what I, the previous point It's just another example. Like he had an opportunity to show mercy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he did like, and, and Jesus immediately like knew their thoughts. Like he discerned what they would say about that. But he said, and then he, then he goes into this little discourse about that. Like if you see, you know, you know, if, if you see, if, is it lawful, he's asked the question on the Sabbath to do good or to do harm, to save life or to destroy it. And he's sort of asking the question, knowing the answer, right? <laughs> like he's implying the answer uh, to that. And then he, after looking around at them, all he said to them, stretch out your hand. And, uh, and then he obviously performed mm-hmm. the, you know, a miracle there mm-hmm. and uh, knowing their response. And, 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 and the response is amazing. Like, it mean it almost like it, the interpretation is filled with madness. Like they they were they lost their mind, <laughs> which tells you how 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 devoted they were to uh, just this view of like it's an extra, it's a thing we do to somehow. It's almost like it was t- to the Pharisees a. There was no joy in it. It was just to to meet a an expectation yeah. that God had given them to do yeah to somehow stay in His favor somehow. There was no sense of life again. You know, as mm-hmm. part of this day, you know? Yeah. Well, so anyway, a little long winded there, but no, 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 you know, and Jesus says elsewhere, there's, you know, one of these testimonies of Jesus healing on the Sabbath and, you know, that he's confronted by these re- religious leaders and he uses this sort of mini parable or, or metaphor of if, if your ox fell into a ditch exactly. on the Sabbath, would you not pull, would you not, you know, rescue mm-hmm. your animal? Like how much more would the son of man reach towards these hurting people? And, you know, I think Jesus' frustration is not just with like blatant, you know, legalism, but it's with the effect of legalism, which is that they have put these like shepherds of Israel have put the, the iotas and the dots of the law over the heart of the law, which is the flourishing of God's people. Exactly. And so they're actually, they've created these oppressive systems, you know, in a way to like seek to maintain order and in a way to create, like to over clarify things and oppression and, you know, injustice arises from that. And, that is something that, you know, I think we would like to think that that was just something present in the day of the Pharisees. But, you know, we need to examine our own hearts, our own habits, our own religious systems and, and you know, analyze, like, are these things, are they resonant with the heart of the Lord? Or is it just us, like, making human sense of the, like, eternal heart of God? So, yeah, yeah I think it's also like, and I'll, you know, like for example, at at our church, we have certain things that we you know that should flow out of a heart centered on the gospel. Like there are certain things that are good for us that mm-hmm. are scriptural to behaviors mm-hmm. to do. But it it's not if we're doing those things, those behaviors. Mm-hmm. And I try to when I lead you know a small group or whatever, I try to make sure like you know, we go through these. Come prepared to do your you know make sure you do your Bible reading, make sure you do all your stuff like we're doing that out of, it's like, 
it, it's a kind of a means of grace. Like we're doing it to receive the goodness of God. It's not, mm. we're not doing it to be, to check the, uh, the Christ, good Christian behavior Absolutely. box. Yeah. And so the application is like, how are we using the good things that God has given us? And we can get that so backward sometimes. And, mm-hmm. and then we feel like we can be just, sometimes we get exhausted, mm-hmm. like doing, yeah, doing Christian things things and yeah and I, and I think structure and programs and, and certain things are, are really good yeah but we just have to be careful we're not just you know serving totally. and leading and, and doing these things out of where our heart's not in it it's sort of I gotta show that I'm doing the list yeah yeah David <laughs> Mathis and Habits of Grace I think it might be in the introduction I, I love that book yeah it's a great book it's it's really good and I'm not like the biggest like uh, Christian advice, but like I, you know, there's, there's, they're great, but like sometimes you can get a little too into the right. echo chamber, but that's a great one. And he has this image, I think it's in the introduction, you know, you, you use the phrase means of grace and he's kind of unpacking, you know, there's all these, there's spiritual disciplines, there's means of grace. Like what, what are these? Mm-hmm. And he uses the image of a, a water faucet he basically there's God's grace to the water. Like there's an endless supply of God's grace to those who turn. But we have to turn the faucet. We have to turn the faucet. So that's our role. Yeah. But that's (laughs) all you're doing. doing it to, because you're not digging the well. Yeah. Yeah, You're not digging the well. You know, when I like brush my teeth and make my coffee and do all that in the morning, there's nothing impressive about me turning on the kitchen sink. You know, there, there's nothing, but like, it's, I have to do it. It's a habit. And, uh, we all have habits. Yep. And the so the question is, what are they? Yeah. What faucet <laughs> is it? And so, you know, it's not like that we're being, it's not a self aggrandizing thing. Like, oh, I'm studying the scriptures mm-hmm. and I'm, you know, leading a small group. But it's like, I'm experiencing God's grace through the, through the word and through the body. So, you know, I, I don't think we have like a ton of time to go into these other, but you know, basically the 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 plot of Jesus' ministry just gets advanced through these next couple sections. So he chooses the apostles and kind of already spoke to. We see this diversity of thought. It's a motley crew, and um, and then he basically just he he's Jesus. We see him committed deeply to prayer. Uh, you know, he's praying through the night, and then people are just coming to him. Yeah. And I, I like this language that you're using. That basically every opportunity to show mercy like Jesus takes and uh, we just see his heart. So do you have any sort of closing thoughts from these two sections? Just, well, on the apostles, I think it's the dependent prayer that even a mm. member of the Trinity since the beginning of time. Now, of course the flesh has been made part of yep. his life, but like he's still communing with God. This is a, obviously an important event that's about to happen Yeah, because out of the apostles come, <laughs> yeah, the the scripture that we're reading and, and yep. what we have known as the Bible yeah. and, and the church. Things. So yeah. the church. So it's a big thing. And so it's just a, the message. There's just that dependent prayer mm-hmm. that he uh, demonstrates. And also just the fact that, that Jesus would, it's such a statement that you, at your point that he brought these particular men together. Mm. First of all, ordinary for the most part, predominantly not wealthy, although there's some here that probably were, Mm-hmm. And then the the political differences. I mean, they would have Simon, I believe, would have probably hated Matthew at the beginning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, I would love to have had a front row seat I know. at those initial discussions. <laughs> I know, I know. You got 
Yeah, I, I just so love it's like just a model for how we can engage it today. In our exactly. mind. Yeah, it's like in, in my mind. Uh, I don't know. That's yeah. all useless. But that was but that's yes, from there, yes. and then the other was just. Um, yeah, I mean, again, he's he's demonstrating as he ministers to the great multitude. Um, he's about to give a sermon, which mm-hmm. we'll talk about at a different time. Mm-hmm. But uh, just the fact that he's again demonstrating his. You know, healing diseases, and and this was like one of these mass moments. He healed them all, mm. and so that's another question: Why sometimes he healed everybody, other individual, but like another sign that the kingdom of God is at hand. He's bringing some of the the future, you know, to the pre- to the present, like this yeah. sort of not yet to the already. Yeah, to use that phrase, which is another topic probably today. Yeah. But but he's kind of showing he's God, and and. Mm-hmm. That's someday we all are going to have new bodies, and mm-hmm. and he's showing what that yeah for, a forced taste of that yeah anyway yeah so as we close you know I I do I think a good thing to close on is we see Jesus he he was staunchly devoted to prayer and you know if if Jesus cannot live a life of total perfection before God without first deep fellowship with Him. I doubt you can either. And so, you know, today let's be people that that pray boldly and, and that seek fellowship with God and show mercy and, and you know, that our churches would become places like this where where the only possible uniting thing, the only possible uniting factor would be the call of Jesus. So Amen. Great word today. And Luke, um, Brad and I we're gonna continue tomorrow. So we'll see you then on our daily rhythm. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.